Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey y'all, Seven Rose and Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair Media Network. This is the greatest rookie quarterback class of all time. It is I, Rob Paul, aka the director of a future film detailing the Chargers' absurd ability to lose close games. And with me, as always, is AJ Luton Lovin Marchese. Rootin' tootin' Jake fucking Luton, baby. Today, we're talking all NFL rookies who thrived and struggled in week nine. Let's hit it. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving up to Cleveland, maybe. Looking for a Lawrence or Sewell. Don't draft specialists on the first day. Don't draft specialists on the second day. Maybe draft a punter in the six. We'll see. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect, with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR. To take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses, bet online. Your online sports book experts. You know who else is an expert, AJ? Uh, Jim Nagy. No, um, Andre <laughs> Cisco at intercepting passes. <laughs> that's true, and that's why he's going to the NFL, Rob. Yes, the Syracuse safety is officially declared for the uh, 2021 NFL Draft. Um, he only played two games this year before tearing his ACL in, uh, in strange circumstances. Um, but 13 interceptions in uh, 24 career games? It's big-time ball production. Yes, very much so. Um, one of the best ball-hawking safeties in the class. We've talked about this safety class. I think, we're again, we're both fans of it, but there's no, like, for sure, elite. Right. elite. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of day two guys. I think if anyone's gonna sneak into that first round conversation, it's probably your boy Morig at TCU. I um, think so too. Just because he has the combination of a very specific skill set, and he's playing this year, and he's playing well. Yeah. Um, but Cisco's firmly, I think, in that day two uh, kind of conversation. A guy who. Who played some single high, played some too deep, kind of moved around, uh, was pl- played some nickel as well. Um, like I said, 
really productive uh, in terms of ball ball skills. Um, an ag- aggressive physical tackler too. Uh, the ACL really sucks. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he's he's good by the combine, but I'm not sure. Um, still, like he 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 can still I think be one of the first five safeties off the board potentially, uh, depending how this thing shakes up, especially. With like a guy like Hamza Nasiruddin still not really playing, Javon Holland opted out. Um, like Richard LeCount is now hurt. We we talked about it. I swear we talked about this last week. Oh, yeah, we did with Paris Ford declare. Yeah. Um, just how kind of. I think that you'll have a lot of people rank the safety class differently. Yeah, like maybe the same top eight guys, but in different orders, type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um. Speaking of injured people, uh, Florida State defensive lineman Marvin Wilson is now officially done for the season. Um, Enter the year, I think, generally considered the top interior defensive lineman top, in the class. Top, top two at the very least, right? Yeah, and, and with him, it was like the other guys were more projection, and with him, you knew kind of what you were getting, but mm-hmm. he wasn't like a firm first-round guy by any means. Um was quite good last year. A lot of people were shocked when he uh, decided to return to Florida State. And then this year, obviously, Seminoles haven't been playing that well. He's been pretty not great when on the field. Now uh, he's done, um, assuming he will be declaring. Obviously, that's not a definite with uh, the COVID red shirt type yeah. season we're having. Um, but... I don't know where he's going to be polarizing. I think he probably, like, I don't know. This interior defensive line class is so bad, though. So, like, maybe he goes higher than he should. Uh, were you gonna say, What were you going to say? Like, day two for sure, maybe second? Or what, what were you thinking? Uh, oh, me? No, I was going to say maybe fourth round. See, I, okay. Like, f- fall I, I that far. Because of the class, he probably goes day two. But my thing is... Would Maybe you we'll, rather if yeah. you're if if you're gonna reach on an interior defensive lineman in in this poor class, wouldn't you kind of rather bet on the guy with the more upside? Mm, yeah. Like I don't know, like Jordan. It's weird because yeah, Christian Barrymore and Jordan Davis neither really no. solidified themselves like a lot of people projected they might. Obviously, Tyler Shelvin opted out. Levi Onzoweriki opted out, and then after that, there I I oh, J both Jalen Twyman and Jay Tufeli both opted out, right? They, yeah. Like, all these guys opted out. And and so it's a lot of projection with all these guys. I have no idea who will be. I think Barrymore ends up being consensus top interior defensive lineman. But I don't know if we get any in the first round. I don't know if we get any in the top 40. I was about to say the same thing. I, I, I don't think there's going to be a first round idea. Like... And we're pretty late in the process, right? It's it's uh, November twelfth. November. Right? Yeah, like yeah, like it's kind of like I, I mean we have seen guys emerge really late, especially like SEC players. I'm big, like like what does shock you? Barmore just goes on a big old tear and looks great in the playoffs, and you know, and then Plus he gets he's going to kill the combine. Yeah, and then he gets himself top twenty. Like, I, but I I think that's like the only person I can really see right now, barring uh, yeah someone really out of nowhere. He, he he is the only one I think could be a first round pick. And even then, like, he's been 
Yeah, like, like, he, he's not not dominant, but like he's flashed the goods, but he hasn't taken that big leap. A lot of people like us expected him to. Yeah, take. like he, like he's a, a mini slider. Like for people projecting first round, he's he's not a first round guy right now. Well, yeah, well, he and he's a guy who I at one point in time I thought could be a top ten pick. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, and obviously yeah, so going back I, to Wilson quickly, he's he's one of the biggest sliders probably in this class so far. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I don't. I, I think the interior defensive line class has to be, like, the clear worst position group this this year. Uh, yeah, I think I think so. <laughs> Speaking of sliders, uh, in a deep receiver class, more FSU news, uh, Tamori and Terry is no longer with the Seminoles program. Yeah, and they kind of didn't say what's going on. He's just not there anymore. It said undisclosed officially. So yeah, like it, it wasn't even a, he opted out and declared or anything. It was just Norvell announced both these things together. I think today, um, and James Blackman, their quarterback, is transferring because he lost. A um, yeah, Terry had over a thousand yards last year and looked like he could be one of the best uh, big play receivers this mm-hmm. year. And then obviously, the Norvell thing hasn't really worked out um, in Tallahassee, and he is—he has not been nearly as productive as he was the year before. I don't know if he'll—if—if if it—if it's better for him to just try and go pro now or transfer, because you know he can do it. He's got the traits. Like he's got so much talent. Yeah. It it in a lot of the times it was like the the thing you wanted to see most with them this year was improved hands, um, but like I don't know my mom, in the summer I threw a Robbie Anderson pro comp on. I lean towards him uh, going somewhere else, and because with all the potential, he could still be a big riser. And uh, with the depth of this wide receiver class, I don't think it's going to happen this year. So. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Like I thought, like I fully thought he had a chance to be a top ten receiver in this class. Like mm-hmm. that's how much talent is there with him. Just kind of figure out but the drop thing, and then yeah, it was yeah, disaster. So, um, redshirt junior. So I, I mean, it, it's a COVID year, so again, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. But yeah, if he if he could trans grad transfer somewhere, um, with maybe a little more consistency up top in the program, I think he could really do some wonders for his stock. No, for sure. Um. His other option, maybe if he gets an invite to the Senior Bowl. And speaking of Senior Bowl, AJ, we got a couple more acceptances this week. Um, starting off the top, he's listed as a Georgia QB, but I think technically, <laughs> like, if when Jamie Newman's at the Senior Bowl, he's going to be wearing a Wake Forest helmet, I would assume. That's a good question. But he never suited up for Georgia. He started, like, a year and a half at Wake Forest. I think... He should wear the Wake Forest helmet, but that's just me. But anyway, um, so yes, Georgia and Wake Forest quarterback Jamie Newman accepted his invite. Ole Miss tight end Kenny Yeboa, uh, Ole Miss offensive fans. tackle Royce Newman, Penn State pass rusher Shaka Tony, Central Arkansas corner Robert Rochelle, and Oregon corner Thomas Graham Jr. For some reason, I'm the most excited about Kenny Yeboa, to be honest. <laughs> I don't I love how much you love Kenny Yeboah. He's been awesome, and and I think Nagy said in his tweet it was kind of a perfect circumstance his grad transfer to Ole Miss, and it's been an absolutely perfect fit down there. And hey, look, it's it's paid big dividends. He's been one of the biggest risers at tight end for sure this year, and uh, purchased his ticket to to Mobile. I'm most excited about Jamie Newman just because he's a guy who I thought could be a uh, a definite top ten quarterback in this class and a potential 
not now, but uh, I thought entering the year he could be a just potential top five. He's yeah. got the arm. He's got the athletic ability. He obviously goes to Georgia, decides to opt out, and, and we haven't seen him play in so long. So I'm excited to see what he can do in Mobile. It's going to be huge for him. I think he's going to be a like fighting like the top six quarterbacks. It feels like are pretty set in stone. I think he's got a really good chance to be that seventh though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think he should just wear a blank white helmet and it just says me on the side. Wow, that feels like a shot at him as a human, but okay. It's a, it's a Ricky Damn, Bobby AJ. reference, but okay. Oh, I don't believe in comedy. Oh, I could tell. Shaq <laughs> um, uh, Tony's yeah. going to be a guy I really want to see against um, in, in one-on-ones against some mm-hmm. of these offensive tackles. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, and I know you're you're the biggest Robert Rochelle guy there is. <laughs> I mean, it's good for him that he gets there. I, I, that's uh, he's got all the traits, all the traits are there. So that's gonna be a huge week for Robert Rochelle showing up against. Uh, I mean, they they played some pretty legit receivers this year in their wonky ass schedule, but you know the best of the best down to Mobile, as Jim always says. <laughs> you love Jim, don't you? I do. I hope he listens. Yeah, are you- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he's taking the time to listen. Um, are you going to be in Mobile this year? Uh, I don't think I'll legally be allowed. I mean, I, can you leave the country? I guess you can, right? I don't know. I read an article on um, in the the Toronto Star that these people I saw that their, their <laughs> friend's trucking company moved their their cars to America and then they helicopter in. It, come on, like, and they're they're trying to go to Florida. By the way, for the record, we got a lot of Canadians who who winter in Florida. Uh, I'm sure a lot of Northern Americans do, but uh, yeah, <laughs> like imagine wanting to go to Florida right now. Like, what, what are you guys doing? Anyways, I mean, that's not what this shows. Like wait, wait. Before we jump into the our NFL Week Nine rookie superlatives, um, if you were to summer anywhere, where would you summer? Oh, that I is know. A good. It's a good question. Wait, summer or winter? Oh, sorry, winter. Winter. Okay. Uh, I think I'm. I th- yeah, you know what? I, that's a, I gotta think about this one, Rob. Okay, well, when the answer comes to you, just shout it out in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> Do you have an answer? Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Maybe not a specific city, city, but I know what state I would winter in. In the Carolinas, is that where you're going? Arizona. Okay, that's the the, the big ones are Arizona and Florida. I'm, I think I'm going Myrtle Beach. Yeah, you you seem like the type who likes to go into those like very touristy sh- stores and buy like a new boogie board every day. <laughs> I'd be rocking my Myrtle Beach Merman Kenny Powers jersey all winter long, baby. Oh, that would actually be sick. We should get some of those. I, I what, what, what was? Well, this show's totally off the rails. What was um Jason's <laughs> the Dacus character's name? I'll get that jersey. I can't remember his name. Whatever he died. Ike Baron. Oh, you should get a, Ike Baron Holtz is the the Russian guy's jersey. Oh, the Russian guy. Oh, such a good show. You know what else is a good show? Watching NFL rookie quarterbacks. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> I know. Uh, Joe Burrow was on by this week, so we uh, didn't get to enjoy that. But guess what, AJ? Tua, Tonga Valoa. Oh, that's the, the Tua bark. The t- <laughs> barking for Tua, baby. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's gonna be dog noises today. I'm probably too lazy to edit it out. But anyways, uh, <laughs> that's why the show's off the rails. Quickly, one one last Kenny Powers question: Which rookie quarterback is the most? We like Kenny moved Powers? on. I 
I wasn't. Which rookie quarterback? What is the most Kenny Powers in him? Jake Luton. That's correct. You got the correct answer. Anyways, hey, Tua is here, baby. The dogs are barking for him. What a performance against the Arizona Cardinals. I think it's on my TV right now. Uh, first of all, I know it's it, people aren't really talking about it anymore, but it was talked about before he was starting. The hip looks completely fine. Asked and answered. He looked great. Uh, completely healthy. The playbook opened up for him this week way more, obviously. Uh, they got way more creative. Uh, Chang Gailey called a way better game. And, mm-hmm. like, because <laughs> he didn't last week. And Tua looked absolutely composed the whole game. Uh, the rhythm and timing throws were crisp all day long. Uh, I like when they get him on the on the rollouts, which I think they did more last week, actually. But always looks uh, really comfortable there and rips it in. He had one, two. Smythe or Gasek, yeah. One of their three white tight ends that he just ripped in there. Uh, speaking of, that, that, they did have the one to Smith where you, they did the double screen uh, pump action to the back that to him was in sick. the middle. That was great. Uh, so all that stuff looked great. And then I think he's looked pretty good on the deep ball so far, even though they haven't gone to it that much. That Gasecki had the drop last week that we talked about. And then this week he hit Preston Williams in the second quarter on a big one who's now on IR. So that sucks for Tua. Um, and then the one you taught highlighted uh, just, just off the show, obviously, uh, where he stepped up on the move and just ripped it across his body, like outside the numbers. It was only about 15 yards deep, but uh, like 25, 30 yards across. It, it, that was pretty ridiculous to Parker. Um, there, and then, honestly, the most big boy throw of the day, I think, was uh, just before the start of the fourth quarter. 39, they're down seven. They're on their own eight, I believe. Yeah. And he, he just rips Parker on a comeback ball that, uh, he, like, the ball come out came out before Parker was even in his break. Uh, Patrick Peterson barreling down on it, placed it perfectly on Parker's outside shoulder for the first. And then it, it just rolled from there. It's like next set of downs, uh, third down again. He made Devondre Campbell look stupid, missed the sack. Uh, and then threw the little sick <laughs> fake juke thingy on Buda Baker, uh, picked up the first down. And then another big run in that drive. Like, his mobility looked like a huge added bonus all day long in this one. And then the, the drive finishes with the Mac Hollins fade. And that, that one throw basically won them the football game. And then from there out, like, he, the, he had that other last one. I, I feel like that one didn't get enough attention, which uh, on the very last drive, where he had that wild one where he's just, like, his body was kind of pointed straight forward. He was on the right hash. And he just, like, threw it perfectly outside the left numbers, the opposite numbers to Mike Gusecki on just, like, a perfectly touch-thrown ball. That one was kind of ridiculous. So, like, obviously the game as a whole was amazing. And then you put it – you break it down. Uh, just so many awesome little throws. He, he looked terrific. I gave him Rookie of the Week, but I'll, I'll name him someone else too, so don't worry. Uh, and then, obviously, just to win the football game, man. Arizona's cooking. That was an amazing performance from Tua. I think my biggest takeaway was how explosive his lower body looked. Mm-hmm. Um the hips, the which hips, was one perfect. of the big, which was one of the big pluses with him at Alabama, yep. and something you heard a lot about him through Trent Dilfer, um, <laughs> and, and although it's still taking me some time to get used to an NFL quarterback who's left-handed, I know we right. haven't had one in a while. Um, I, I his poise, especially on that one run where um, Isaiah Simmons kind of almost had him. He shook some people. Like, he just looked more mobile than I think anybody was expecting. You mentioned mm-hmm. the hip looking good. He it, it didn't even seem like he was coming off that injury, which exactly. is something 
like that is such a huge plus. And then yeah, his ball placement, he was throwing with great anticipatory yeah. uh he was throwing with great anticipation. Um and it sucks that Preston Williams is now done, but they had a, some really nice chemistry that I don't think we saw the week before. Yeah. Um if they I, can ca- I, I do sorry quickly. I do think Parker is going to be the go-to. Like obviously he's the best receiver on the team, but that that chemistry is building and building. I think he's just going to be the go-to guy rest of the season. Anyway, sorry. The, they they obviously need to continue to add talent around him. Very much um, so. Yeah. They the, like Gasecki and Devonte Parker are are starters in this league, but if they can use that Texans pick or even their own first round pick on one of these really talented wide receivers and get somebody else in there. Um, or, or even end up with something at running back. The running running back group is one of the worst in the league. Um, it would be nice to get some take, take some pressure off Tua going forward if they could run the football. Or, and get somebody who can get involved as a pass catcher too. Um, but overall, yeah, I, I know it was the Cardinals. But the, the Cardinals are in playoff, uh, playoff push form. Mm-hmm. And Kyler was having one of his best games. Seeing, I guess, seeing Tua versus Kyler was like one of the most exciting things of the season for me. Watching this game, the future of the NFL between those two and a couple other quarterbacks, and just seeing how talented these young quarterbacks are and how quickly they can make an impact these days. Like yeah. I, I, I said at the top of the show, this is this is probably one of the most talented rookie quarterback classes of all time, if not the most talented uh, and productive. Seeing to uh, seeing Joe Burrow every week, and then let's just flip over to Justin Herbert, who the man can't win a game because the Chargers are cursed, but once again is incredible. Almost leads a comeback over the Raiders. He, he won Mike the Williams game. Drop twice. a fade. Yeah, had Donald Parham drop a fade. Threw for over three hundred and twenty yards, two scores. They got down early, and he never really seemed um, shook by it. No. And he was on, he was getting killed. They ran, I think, an option on like a fourth and one, and Max Crosby obliterated him. He on his on that screen to the fullback that was a touchdown. Yeah, he, got he got fucking hurt. killed. Yeah, he's just getting hammered throughout this game, and it never really caused him to like. He he just plays without like a conscience in terms of the pass rush getting to him or pushing the ball downfield. He's one of the most aggressive quarterbacks in the league already. Yeah. Um, he, he's been everything you could ever hope for in a rookie quarterback. I think he's having one of the greatest rookie quarterback seasons of all time. He's a baller. Uh, every, yeah, every week. Like The fact that Joe Burrow is having one of the greatest rookie seasons of all time from a quarterback, and I, I like Justin Herbert's been better than him. And he's doing it with one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Yes, he's got he's got good weapons and in, in like great weapons in Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, and Keenan Allen. But the running back group's been depleted. Like yeah. Kalen Balage is the go to running back now. Um they they lose in a heartbreaking fashion every week. I I'm starting to think Anthony Lynn should be fired. Uh you can't lose this many times this many ways and just still not learn from it yeah um, i i do think honestly i think you only fire anthony lynn if you got the next guy like perfectly lined up you know what i mean like there ha- this has to be a, a natural transition to continue justin herbert's progress as a that that's that's what would hold me back is you don't want to like fuck with um herbert herbert's progress it's hard to fire been... yeah it's hard to fire head coach when he's starting a rookie and the rookie is 
been amazing. Like, no, I don't think I don't think it's hard to fire him when he's losing as many times mm-hmm. in the same way over and over. And but at the same time, like I think Shane Strike in their OC has been one of the more underrated play callers in the league. And that's another guy you don't really want to lose. And I like Anthony Lynn. Yeah, we, we um, both and, very much like Anthony Lynn. Yeah. Yeah, and like obviously they went twelve and four. What two years ago with him? Mm-hmm. So the like I. And they've dealt with a string of injuries. So I, I can understand it one way or the other. Um, point being, the Chargers can lose this many times this year like this. And you can't even be upset as a Chargers fan because you know you've got the guy at quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Just well, you, quick- can't, you can't be upset because it's probably fucking terrible to be a Chargers fan. But you still, you have Herbert and he is... He's phenomenal. Luck, luckily, there's not many of them, so it's, it's all right. Um, quickly going back. He's got that classic, Justin Herbert, obviously, classic, like, uh, short memory span that you need in a quarterback. Because, like you said, completely unfazed. And, like, it's so many throws where he's just standing tall or stepping off in the pocket and ripping lasers. And, like you said, he took a lot of hits this week. And it's just, like, he's so fearless to throw over the middle is what I find. And, and again, this week, so many big-time third-down throws. And it's just every week now, um, there's just so much to love. And there's, there's so many throws that you just see. And you're like, oh, my God, that's that's awesome. Like, like the, the the one Keenan Allen touchdown where he's wide open, but uh, Herbert kind of steps up, navigates the pocket, makes a guy miss, and like kind of like it was almost a no look kind of thing. It was it was cool off like one leg. Um, oh, I feel like one more. Sorry, I, I love Herbert. <laughs> that long throw to to Johnson where he just like rainbowed it and put it between two defenders. I don't think that one was talked about enough. That was amazing. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like. He's doing everything in his control to win football games right now. Um, literally through two game-winning touchdown passes that just didn't happen. So, Justin Herbert is one in six as a starting quarterback. Justin Herbert is the reason quarterback wins aren't a real <laughs> stat. Like he's been incredible. He's thrown seventeen touchdowns and seven starts, only five picks. He's completing over sixty-seven percent of his throws. He's averaging eight attempts. He's already better than, like, I think he's, like, Derek Carr won the game, but he's better quarterback than Derek Carr already. I, I agree. Um, Justin Herbert's going to be a top ten quarterback in this league for a long time. That's what I think. Uh, the new wave of Burrow, Herbert, hopefully to uh, Kyler Murray, like Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, it is, we have never had this much quarterback talent before. And we have a loaded quarterback class coming up on top of that. Like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields mm-hmm. look to me like can't miss guys. And then obviously Zach Wilson, Trey Lance Exciting. have a ton of talent. Yeah. And then like AJ is going to bang the table for Kyle Trask and Mac Jones. <laughs> yeah, he, as I'm sure all the listeners know. Uh, hey, and, and you talked about like watching Kyler and Tua play against each other was one of the highlights of the season. Guess what? Herbert into it this week, baby. So that's yeah, I can't wait. That's even better. Uh, unfortunately, there's twenty must watch TV. games, but yeah. All right, last quarterback. We have Ben DiNucci last week. We have Jake Luton this week. Tell hey, us about Jake Luton. Jake Luton way better than Ben DiNucci. That's real smart. Had a three hundred yard game, man, and like obviously the third play of the game, he hit the deep one to DJ Chark, which was I mean, it wasn't the most difficult throw, but it was a perfect throw. He hit him wide open on on uh, on the stride, baby. Uh, I, I thought as a whole, like, like he had a couple balls batted. There was a couple – he had a couple interceptions that were easy that he got dropped, so a couple a couple lucky ones there. Uh, the one interception he did throw was kind of bad where he just airmailed it on a play action. But uh, on the whole, like, pretty good for, for a late-round guy. Like, there's a lot of underneath stuff. But he looked calm and composed the whole game. 
navigated the pocket pretty well. And you saw the flash of his athleticism. Obviously, he had the sick touchdown run to uh, almost tie the game up. They they bungled the fucking two point attempt, but hit a little stiff arm, made it made a guy miss with a spin move. Pretty good. Um, and like I think in general, pretty good off play action. Uh, and it was a lot of DJ Chark when it, when he wasn't going underneath, especially. But that's smart because I mean he, he was the best receiver, obviously, and he is their best receiver. Um, late in the game, like uh, I think there was a couple big time throws, like outside the numbers. There's uh, twice on the on the final drive. I think like he looks like he can be a long-term backup who can spot start. I think it's a promising game. Uh, you know what? You know who I got really big vibes of him from is uh, Matt Castle. I don't know why, but it, he felt very Matt Castle in this game. I love Matt Castle. <laughs> I know, and and like that. That's. I mean, I don't know if he's gonna have a Matt Castle career, but it, that's that's a good uh, trajectory if he is. I I, I don't told know. If, you he's Derek Anderson or Derek Anderson. Derek Anderson Castle is similar. Uh, career arcs kind of too so um <laughs> both have one like pro bowl yeah. season and yeah. then like become long-term backups yeah exactly <laughs> i think i think that's not out of jake luden's reach i mean maybe but <laughs> I, I i don't know if you go back to Minshew. um uh, yeah. why would you there's no point there's no point there's no point gardner Minshew and jake luden are both going to be career backups mm-hmm. um you're drafting a quarterback. You're in, you're on pace to have the second overall pick. So you're on pace to have Justin Fields. Yep. Uh, I just I don't know. I don't. I love Gardner Minshew, but what's the point? Uh, from what's from a lo- long term perspective, I think you're better off starting Jake Luton. Um, yeah, exactly. You, you've seen what Gardner and, and Minshew Doug Marone's going to be there long term. <laughs> exactly. I think like week to week Minshew probably offers more upside, but long term you've seen what Minshew is. Uh, you saw some nice flashes from Luton, so you got to stay with him. Hire Eric Bieniemy, draft Justin Fields, win Super Bowl. Yeah, and trade. Who's Minshew your offensive rookie of the week? Luton for first. Uh, <laughs> I, I gave it to your Drew. offensive rookie of the week. No, what? I said trade them for first round picks, Minshew and Luton. Um, no, no, no. I gave it to Tua, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with another one here. Jerry, goddamn Judy, baby, who had had a big one against Atlanta. Seven grabs, 125 yards, a touchdown. Everyone saw the touchdown where he just put his hand up to signal he's going deep, then throws the brakes on, stops on a dime. AJ Terrell can't stop. He's just cruising by, and then and then Judy catches him, just goes by him easy for the touchdown. Uh, early early in the game, a lot of his work was just on crossers, but he was getting that separation pretty easily. It was it was a lot of Sheffield, but still, pretty easy separation on crossing routes. And then uh, his big play came on the go route where Sheffield again just kind of lost the football. But it was like a nice little skip release, and he, he won off the line, and he was about to stack him, and Sheffield just lost him anyways. Uh, really promising game from Jerry Judy. This was his big breakout game. Um, I, I still see, like, he, I don't know what it is. Maybe maybe he turns around, but, like, still a little unconfident. Like, he had he had a fumble that went out of bounds. Uh, he had a couple where he it was a little bobbly, but he, but he ended up coming down with it, which I don't think we saw too much at Bama. So maybe it's just like finding his footing in the league. I, I think I think it's kind of just been lack of confidence, and hopefully this all kind of comes together for him because it's a fantastic football game. What do you mean lack of confidence? I don't know. Like that's just the vibe I'm getting from it. It's like early in the season, I thought he was kind of bobbly too, and then well, yeah, yeah, he's had a couple drops that drops and bobbly, yeah, yeah, exactly, and, and drops. Thank you for saying that. And then in this one, the, the, they weren't drops, but um, 
It was like so he, he like had one. double clutch. Yeah, bobble, bobble catches, double catches, exactly. So he had one on the sideline where uh, you're killing a, the guy. You're handing offensive rookie no, of the week to he was, right now. He was fantastic. I'm saying I think this is all going to go away, and I think it's all going to okay. come together for Jerry Judy. Yeah, because I, I think this is the confidence game. My offensive rookie of the week is Justin Herbert because I just can't get over how good Justin Herbert is already. I know. He, he, I think he's my favorite of the rookie quarterbacks to watch for sure. He's he's, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks. Well, he's the most aggressive. Period. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, it, it, is it insane if I – like, he's one of my five favorite quarterbacks to watch already. No, I feel the same. I mean, like seven maybe, but, yeah, he's up there. He's up there for sure. Like, I got, like, Mahomes, Kyler. That's my one and two, and after that, I mean, Rodgers. Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Not Lamar Jackson as much this year. Well, but, still, uh, yeah, you're right, because he's been bad. But he's still fun to watch. Mahomes, Kyler, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert. Fair enough. Fair enough. Those are my five MVPs. <laughs> Justin Herbert for MVP. Actually, we're, we're basically we're slightly over halfway through the season. Who would you give MVP to right now? Aaron Rodgers? I'm biased as hell. You know that. Well, I mean, Russell Wilson has not been very good the last, like, what, two or three games? Two games, yeah. Um, I don't think there's a clear MVP right now at all. Um, Actually, I, Patrick Mahomes. I was about to say, if I had to do it right now, it's Patrick Mahomes. But it, it's definitely Rodgers, it's Mahomes, sp- and Russell Wilson. But there's so Mah- much, lots of time left. Yeah. Just I, I get recency bias, Mahomes coming off just yep. phenomenal, two phenomenal games. I think. Um, who's right, your defensive rookie of the week? Right now, Mahomes is at the top, yep. Uh, hey, going back to the well, one of our guys, Jalen Johnson, baby. Not a flashy game at all, but he didn't allow, according to PFF, a single yard in coverage, 25 coverage snaps, had two pass deflections, also from PFF. His force incompletion rate, this is weird, I don't even know what this means, 22.4%, that's the fifth best in the league. Uh, it was a lot of Corey Davis. Did you watch this game or did you just Google stats? I watched this game, I'm about to tell you, asshole. Uh, it was a lot of Corey Davis. But there was some A.J. Brown, and neither are easy matchups. I mean, Corey Davis has been a big bounce-back thing. It was just like it, they they only threw at him uh, twice. It, it was just a backside, and you just watch him, and he's all over Corey Davis mainly and all over A.J. Brown, and it's just like easy. He just wipes him out. One thing I will say about Jalen Johnson, though, um, and he's clearly been the best co- rookie corner in the NFL by far, I would like to see him just start being more aggressive as a tackler. I, I think he's kind of – and sometimes it was Derrick Henry, and it's like, okay, Jalen, I, I get it. You don't, you don't want to go get involved there. But other times it's just, uh, like, you know, it's it maybe not his receiver that caught the ball or anything, but he's close, and he kind of just doesn't go in for the kill. And it's not like a huge thing, but, I, you know, we both like our corners to be aggressive as hell. So I just want to see him, like, just put it all together there. But uh, he's been he's been absolutely fantastic. Just an easy game for Consi- us, to be honest. Considering that you're the generally the nice one on the show, I'm shocked that, that for both of your rookies of the week, you kind of picked on them. I just <laughs> he was awesome. I'm just I'm just want to point out things that they can do better. Actually, I, I, not even Judy. I, I think he's gonna do better. But yeah, it's Jalen Johnson has been so good that I'm trying to find nitpicking things because he's like who's even the been the second best rookie cornerback? It's like very difficult. I exactly. Uh, 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 I think I tweeted out my halfway like rookie team last week, um, and that was like the hardest spot to pick. It and, like luxurious need, but he's been hurt most of the time. <laughs> like, like really? it would have been him, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like it, it, it's probably C.J. Henderson who, after like the first two weeks, has been hey pretty up and down. Hey, 
More on C.J. Anderson, uh, Henderson later. Oh, God. Oh, and C.J. Anderson. <laughs> oh, hey, isn't he coaching at Cal now? <laughs> That's sick. So, yeah. I'm going to pick uh, the Cal Okay, my def- Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> my defensive rookie of the week is Neville Gallimore, the Canadian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have anybody who just dominated the, the way Jalen Johnson did. Um, but Gallimore made a big impact, especially early, which uh, yeah. kind of set the tone, it felt like for the Cowboys to be in this game where they shouldn't have been in it. Um, they really destroyed the the Steelers' running game. Uh, they, they couldn't run the football on them, and Neville Gallimore was a big part of that. He had a TFL early. He was clogging up uh, the inside run lanes. He, he flashed some pass rush, too. He got a big hit on Big Ben. Um, and I don't know why he his playing time has been kind of all over the map yep. uh, to this point in the season, and... Considering the team doesn't have a ton of talent in general on the interior defensive line, and now the season the is essentially essentially lost. This was only his second time this year playing over 50% of the snaps, and you saw what he can do. And he, he's such a great athlete, and I, I know he's pretty raw guy, but the Get other options are not good. Your team fucking yeah. sucks. Like, I mean, I get that coaches are always trying to win no matter what, but... Play your young guys when the season's lost. Like again, this is only the second time he's he's played over fifty percent of the snaps, yeah. um, and it, it was a it was, I thought a great game from him. And, it was. Uh, I'm hoping he starts going forward because I don't I don't know why he wouldn't at this point. If he if he doesn't get over fifty percent of the snaps going forward, they're uh, they're idiots. Especially because the right, they're going into their bye week now. This is the mm-hmm. perfect time to like really up hit up young guy in general. It's playing time. Hey, uh, okay, more Worst on rookie. that later, Rob. Funny enough. Oh my god, Worst rookie. I gotta keep teasing, baby. Uh, <laughs> this one, I, I think it's more of a cumulative. Did I say that right? Yeah, <laughs> Worst rookie. To be honest, I, I give it to Kenneth Murray, who got benched in this game against the Raiders. Uh, definitely the low point of his season. Um, Anthony Lynn said it was communication issues. Maybe he sounds like a dog barking. He wasn't. Oh my gosh, AJ, 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 AJ! You just missed the per- canine. That's his nickname, and uh, now your dog's barking. Fuck! See, that's why you do the nicknames or the no, not the nicknames, but the dog barking jokes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, canines up there barking, not watching the the game. I don't know what this was, to be honest. But uh, Perriman was better than he was, so. Uh, he got like 50% of the snaps. And last week he was so bad against Denver. Yeah. Uh, it's just, see, it's, it's not like this game. I mean, it was bad, but um, it's just a calmative thing. And for a guy who was 19th on my big board, he has not looked good. Uh, he, at like no point this season has looked that very good, but like hasn't been a guy that people really generally mention in that. And I yeah. don't know if it's just because Justin Herbert kind of, overshadows that he was also a first-round pick um, and the Chargers losing games in the way they lose in general also overshadowing it. And Isaiah Simmons being somehow way worse than him also yeah. foreshadowing it. But, like, he has been very inconsistent uh, this season, and I, he's played a ton. Yeah, no, for sure. I feel like people sometimes just don't talk about linebackers in general unless they're really good. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Um, my worst rookie was the third overall pick. Jeff Okuda. He's back at being bad. He got hurt um, too in this yeah. one, right? Yeah. And he uh he he was terrible um against the Vikings. 
I think I think uh, he he allowed a perfect passer rating. Sick, that's um, good. What do you? How is that bad? That's perfect. Yeah, and yeah, he 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 like about halfway through the game, he left um, with an ankle injury. Yeah. Um, he's been pretty terrible in general this year. I thought his best game came the week before against Indianapolis, where it wasn't like an incredible game by any means, but. It was an improvement on what we've seen. Yeah. And then this happened. And, like, the the Vikings are playing really good football right now um, because Dalvin Cook is amazing. But uh, actually, more on one of their rookies later. Uh, but, I yeah, know I don't know. Uh, it, it's weird. This rookie class is the, – the quarterbacks and receivers have been so good, but everything else has been – and the offensive tackles – or offensive line in general. Yep. Everything else, especially the defense, has been pretty inconsistent to bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, there isn't a, – a, like, even Patrick Queen, who's having a really good rookie year um, amongst this group, has even been up and down, you know? Like, like Chase Young got dinged up, and then uh, like it hasn't been that flashy. Like, for real. And then there's been a lot of bad rookies on defense. Yep. But th- honestly, um, the whole league, the defense has been pretty fucking bad this year. Who is your primetime star? There's no clear guy this week, so I give it to the Troutman, baby. Who, <laughs> hey, who had the touchdown? Three catches on three targets, 39 yards. Uh, they kicked the shit out of the out of the Bucks. That was a hell of a performance from the Saints. There was just no one that that popped out to me this week, and it was a couple teams that just don't have a lot of rookies. Um, I'll mention the Jets rookies later. So I just I put Troutman because I think he deserves it for the touchdown. Nice play. Hell yeah. I put Ashton Davis. Okay. So I, I'm glad you did because I got him for a uh, rookie flash. So let's talk about him here. Um, okay. So obviously he had that. He hammered Cam Newton for a sack that didn't end up counting, but that was still sick. Um, later in the game, had the big pass breakup. Was just flying around looking to lay the wood. Yes. Um, he wasn't like incredible or anything, but he flashed a lot. And you could see that range and that physicality that we love so much uh, with him coming out of Cal. And I think, like, this – this well, this rookie class in general for the Jets is – I know it's been obviously banged up. Like, Makai Becton left the game early. And Denzel Mims had, hadn't been playing until about three weeks ago. But all three of those guys look like starters for this team. Joe Douglas, fire your head coach and figure this shit out because it looks like you know how to draft. Yeah, exactly. And we liked the class after you know in the in the weeks. After. I think everyone did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like everyone was like, "This looks promising." Yeah. So and I, I speaking of promising, I think Davis looked, and I ba- I banged him last week. If you guys, if you remember, uh, he looked way more like he did at Cal, and just a, a lot more comfortable. That's a quick turnaround for him, and that that He's him fun. being yeah him being more comfortable led to him being more aggressive. Last week it was very tentative, and then yeah we saw the, the big PBU on the third down and the fourth. Like you said, had the sack that that was maybe an iffy flag, but lit up Cam. Uh, yeah, no, that, that was a f- really fun game, and I think he looked like Cal Ashton Davis. All right, who's your underwhelming performance? C.J. Henderson, um, who I, I know maybe at this point of the season is not his expectations aren't that high, but you know he was good at one point the first two weeks of the year. Um, he got he got worked by Will Fuller uh, in the in the first half. It was uh, Watson overthrew him. On a deep route, uh, but Henderson still interfered with him, and it was a 54-yard pass interference. That drive led to a touchdown. And then later in the game in the fourth, uh, Fuller got him again, but this was this time he caught it for a 75-yard-plus touchdown. 
Henderson was there, but he just lost the ball in the air, which which felt like happened a lot to to young DBs this week. Um, his plays just dropped off astronomically from the first what was it two, two weeks of the year, especially the first week. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what happened. Maybe just the Jaguars stink got to him. Uh, I also felt like he wasn't tackling well in this game, which uh, we know is 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 a point of a uh, contention for him. Uh, Duke, the old Duke juked him big time on one. I, I, just a really poor performance. Um, I, I don't, I don't really. I, I mean, I guess he just hit the wall, but it, it happened early for him. <laughs> Speaking of hitting the wall, um, my underwhelming performance: Chase Claypool against mm-hmm. the Cowboys. It, in re- like eight catches for sixty nine yards is is a good game for for a rookie receiver for yeah. sure. Yeah. But he had three drops, including one that would have been a huge touchdown that he has to have um especially because the Steelers aren't a great deep passing team this season yeah and when that's there you gotta have it uh I also think with how bad Dallas's defense has been you kind of expected someone to go off and he had the chance to and he didn't really and he played better down the stretch but that 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 deep drop really stood out and he had a sideline drop and another drop um like I'm obviously I'm not concerned. He's also been one of the best rookies in general this year, but uh, just kind of a little underwhelming. No, fair fair enough. Um, and like like you said, especially against that matchup against the Cowboys, you kind of expected that. First of all, they're huge favorites, and uh, the matchup is big time. You thought, okay, maybe this is the week where uh, it all just kind of comes together for the Steelers' passing game. But uh, hey, as they always do, they play down to the Cowboys. One in ten now in. When they are road favorites by ten plus points against the spread, the or uh, yeah, against the spread, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, that's what I meant when I said ten plus points. Uh, yeah, no, I know, but they could they could be one in ten straight up when they're big favorites. But yeah, I just I just had to make sure. Uh, my okay. looks like a hit. I'm going with the other Denver Broncos rookie wide receiver KJ Hamler, who kind of had also his his not as big as Judy, but his welcome to the NFL game. Uh, 75 yards on six grabs, was all out of the slot. He was working the slot really well. He, he, and, hey, we know he's fast. He looked fast, uh, got the ball, did get, did nice work in space. Not not any big yak stuff, but, like, like when you see Hollywood Brown catch the ball and he looks like he's just so fast in space, it looked like that for KJ Hamler. Uh, I thought his route running looked solid. Uh, and one, one big thing for him was uh, he had, like, a nice contested catch over the middle, took a hit. Uh, I think that ability is really promising from him when he's – if he can keep being able to work the middle of the field, take the hits, and still come down with the football, because we know he's not—he's not the biggest guy, and sometimes he struggles with that kind of stuff at Penn State. Um, but this is really promising. It, it's starting to look like the the Broncos' offense that we hoped for in Week One, and, and maybe it's just taking some time. And Cortland Sutton's out—that still sucks. But uh, Hamler and Judy look like they're—they're uh, they're becoming the real deals. I'm going with Ezra Cleveland, the Vikings' yeah. right guard. Dude, he he's been awesome. Helped- yeah, and he helped them run for 275 yards. Uh, the Lions got zero pass rush on them. The Vikings' offense is starting to click. Gary Kubiak's run scheme is sick, especially when Dalvin Cook is healthy. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know what the plan is. Whether it is to play Ezra Cleveland at tackle down the road, but he looks great as a guard. Yeah. So uh, I, I. I don't think I'd move him because of how good he's looked. When they pull him, he we already know how great an athlete he is, but he looks so smooth climbing as a pulling guard and climbing to that second level. Yep. He sprung one of Dalvin Cook's huge runs. 
he he looks like a a legit like potential down the road Pro Bowl type guard uh, if he keeps up this type of play. Like I thought he was phenomenal this mm-hmm. week. I think he was one of the probably five best rookies last week too. And like I think like three of Dalvin's four touchdowns were right off his hip. Um, and hey, he started what three games now, and two of them. Uh, the first one was before the bye, if I remember correctly. Uh, and two of them, they've gone for uh, Dalvin's rush for over 200 yards. I think both, right? So, <laughs> pretty ridiculous. That's a good sign. Uh, who looks like a miss? Hey, one of our guy, or sorry, one of your guys from a couple weeks ago, uh, Devon Hamilton. But obviously, in a, in a positive way for Devon, in a dumb way for me, he went 73rd overall. I had him 108, so not far off. But he he's so much better than that. Uh, in the stat box, he had like a tackle and a fumble recovery. That's it. But if you watch him, he was kicking ass all game, especially as a pass rusher again, too. Uh, he had one where you just pushed the guard into Watson's lap, led to a sack. wasn't his again. Uh, multiple running plays where he's just blowing it up. I think in the fourth quarter, he had three straight plays where first one, he blew up a run, a, a separate run. Uh, second play, he, he got another quick pressure, got a hand on Watson, but he escaped and he actually ran for the first. But that's not on him. He was there. Um, then the next play blew up another run where he just basically used Nick Martin to make the tackle. But again, none of those show up in the stat box, but he's, he's consistently been awesome. He is rushing the passer. He's consistently getting off the ball the fastest, I think, uh, uh, on the front for the Jaguars. Uh, and it's like, like if he's not like making like, you know, like he obviously wasn't expected to be a big time pass rusher. He's already better at that than I think anyone probably expected. Um, and he, he's even when it's like you know he's he's making guys miss. He's throwing a couple swim moves and stuff. But even when it's not, he's pushing the pocket. He's he's make he's collapsing the pocket. Um, he's he's looked awesome, way better than the Jaguars could ever expected. That was very very positive. Here's negative. Jonathan Taylor looks like a miss. Um, Jordan Wilkins has been Jordan Wilkins has been more effective as a runner this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan Taylor had a game-changing fumble against the Ravens, which fumbles fumbles was something we were concerned about with him coming to Wisconsin. Um, it just it hasn't he hasn't had that game, and I know the running back class in general has not been great, but he does not look like he, like he looks like Trent Richardson a little bit. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't break tackles. He doesn't show great vision. And then when he's fum- like when you're fumbling, other than that, like that's not great. And then when you see Jordan Wilkins come in, and it's just more productive. And Naeem Hines is the better pass catcher. And this is all with Marlon Mack still part of this team down the road potentially. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know that you you use that second round pick, and I I thought he was going to be great on this team, and you use that second round pick, and it was a bit of a luxury pick, and now yeah. it's not shaping up to be that way. Um, I, I thought at Wisconsin that he had issues creating for himself at times, but, like, when, when he hit the hole, he was hitting the goddamn hole and he was going. So that's why, like, the, the Colts, like you said, it was a luxury pick, but the fit seemed perfect. It's like, okay, this offensive line is one of the best in the leagues. He's going to come in and he's going to be productive immediately, and he hasn't. Uh, like, how, how do you think – because, like, everything is there for him. What's What's going wrong, in your opinion? Well, he has no vision. He doesn't break first contact. <laughs> did you think he had vision at wisconsin i didn't think he couldn't see yeah no i no i, I agree like with i didn't think he, like he didn't have above average vision at wisconsin but i didn't think he had like 
like he's such a freak of an yeah. athlete. Yeah. I think honestly the the inability to break first contact is the more concerning thing because yeah. that wasn't something that I thought was an issue at Wisconsin. Like no. he's two hundred and twenty five pounds and runs a four four and I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, I know, for sure. But that's okay because at least when I don't know what's happening, I've still got my weed whacker and I can nose and ear hair trim when I need to. Manscaped's forever changing the grooming game with their weed whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology, which helps prevent snicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped weed whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium ion battery that lasts up to 90 minutes of use. Have you ever pulled your nose hairs with your fingers? That might hurt worse than nicking your balls. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Yes, you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long hair, nose hair, turns them off. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the weed whacker. Get 20% off free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our peeps trimmed and our hairs looking nice in our holes. And thank you, Bet Online, for letting us bet online on Maction, on Pac-12 After Dark, on Pac-12 Before Brunch, on Big Ten games that don't get canceled, on SEC games that don't get canceled. We love to bet when there's football to be bet on. So thank you, Bet Online, <laughs> And listener, head to Bet Online today and use promo code armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Hey, hey Rob, who, what's your master's pick for all the all the master's bettors? Max Homa. You? John Rahm, if you can skip it on the water and put it in the hole, you can't lose, baby. That's the only you only asked me to say that. Uh, who needs to step it up? I'm uh, going to the other Alabama receiver, Henry Ruggs, who uh, I think this might be more on the Raiders than anything, but uh, they they mm-hmm. need to get him more involved. He had zero catches on three <clears throat> targets. They gave him an end around that went for ten yards. Uh, the passing attack wasn't great against the uh, against the Chargers, but. Uh, they hit a couple of the deep ones, which obviously weren't two rugs. Uh, Nelson Aguilar with a six shoulder pad catch, but uh, they're in the race in the AFC, obviously. And they, I, I know they they want to be the Smash Mouth team, but um, when you got glimpses of rugs, you can't be having him going out and having zero catch games. You, you have to get him involved, and like it is partly on rugs where he, you know you got three targets, he didn't he didn't catch any of them. Uh, one on the sideline, he just couldn't pull in. But uh, if you're going to the deep routes, uh, <laughs> give Ruggs like five targets at least a game and get him involved and figure out ways to get him the ball in his hands easily if, if you can't get him deep or whatever. Um, so, again, I think it's more of the Raiders, but uh, they need to figure this out with Ruggs. I went with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Hilaire, uh, the Chiefs running back. It wasn't a bad game. It was just not – I guess it was more underwhelming. Um, maybe I should have put – him for underwhelming and chase Claypool for this. Whatever. Uh, eight touches, 34 yards and touchdown. Um, not much going on the ground for him. Part of it was the offensive line. The Panthers' defense is fun. Even without Jeremy Chin, more yeah. on who replaced him later. Um, you, you just want to see more explosive runs from him. He's been the best rookie running back. There's no doubt there. But again, even he had higher expectations than I think he's reached this year. 
That's fair, especially when he uh, went out week one and had a hundred plus yard game and looked awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like we and we've had a couple games with him where he's been that. Like and fifty a couple yards. Kind of, what? Yeah, a couple couple games where he just had like a fifty yard or sixty yard and not breaking. Tackles. Yeah, where he's just been where, where he's been great, and then you have a couple games like this where it's yeah. just less than, and it doesn't end up mattering because Patrick Mahomes is so good. But yeah, um, when you spend for uh, a first round pick on a running back, you you kind of. I don't know. Expect just don't spend first round picks on running backs. Is my point. Who's not ready to play? <laughs> hey, the opposite of a first round pick, I guess. A seventh round pick. Remember, remember one of the all name team baby, Arlington Hambrights. Oh, God, yes. Who got absolutely thrown into a, a, a sorry got thrown into an absolute patchwork offensive line. Uh, they're, they're moving guys all around. Anyways, got got worked like t- two or three times and just like really ugly, really fast losses in pass pro. Um, I just thought like his his feet were getting too happy at times. Just like I don't know, putting himself out of position with his feet and then being lungy. Uh, he was all right in the run game, I guess. Like he worked to the second level, not bad. And I thought overall he, he had some good pop in his hands. I, I thought the strength popped a little bit, but he is on, <laughs> he's clearly not ready to play at all. But I, it's funny on a positive note. I think like going back and watching this, if, if you're if you're the Bears. I think you're kind of pleased with this performance from a seventh rounder who was the no-star recruit Juco guy. Like, he shouldn't be playing, and he went in, and he looked like that. But but the pop and the run blocking was not that bad, but it was it was still really – he couldn't pass pro for his life. But, yeah. There's the AJ we all love, the one who doesn't like being mean, so makes it actually nice in the end. <laughs> I mean, he, um, yeah, there, was some, there was some good stuff, kind of. I didn't really have anybody who totally stood out as not ready to play. Um, I just threw Jordan Love's name down as a cop-out answer. <laughs> Do you think we'll see Jordan? I just wanted to kind of talk about it because we're halfway through this season. Jordan Love's, like, never active. Yeah, that's, the that's third, a good point. third to bring quarterback up. for the Packers, right? Yep. Yep. And so I'm wondering, do we think, like, if the Packers end up as – like sealed into whatever seating they have do we end up seeing him start a game this year do we end up seeing him get in a game because he i know he's on the covid list and that's why well that that isn't even why but he he's on the covid list this past week and tim boyle did come to the game for the packers but uh like do you think we'll even see him come into the game the way tim boyle does sometimes when they're winning by so much i i, I don't know and another issue is um there's only one bye week so i, I don't think that um that top seed's going to be wrapped up by the Packers. And no. that, bi- that bye week might not even be a thing if we get COVID cancellations, uh, which we saw this what, week. Yeah. What if they're locked into that two or three or four seed, whatever True. it is? Yeah, in week and, 17. And it's like week 17, and because you're not getting a bye week, unless you're the one. I mean, maybe right. You see Jordan Love then? I mean, I'd hope so. It should be. he, If he's healthy, he should be the active quarterback. I get why he isn't, but it's not promising that he is. It's, um, but but if we get to the point in week seventeen where they're locked in, and they're like, okay, Rogers, we're gonna make this mini bye week because we didn't get it for you at least. Um, it shouldn't be Boyle. It should it should be Jordan Love, but I don't know if it will be. All right, my best day three rookie is Washington Football Team safety Cameron Curl. Oh, who's played a lot of football this year. 
Yeah, so against the Giants, uh, he, he got beat for one touchdown by Evan Ingram. But other than that, he didn't really give up anything in coverage. He's really physical around the line of scrimmage. They blitzed him a couple times, too. He got a sack and a couple more QB hits. He just plays really hard. and They don't really have much at safety no. it's with Lennon Collins hurt. And so, I, I, like, I, he he is a potential starter past just this terrible season for them. Like, he's better than, what's his name, the Pence, Troy Apke. He's way better than he, Troy Apke. He is, but that's not saying much. No, Troy, Troy Apke's faster, though. <sighs> Holy shit, is he faster. Um, <laughs> I gave your best day three rookie? Jake Luden, but uh, to give an honorable mention that's here, pick. Gabe Davis was, was uh, flashy as hell again hey, against the Seahawks. Good boy. Yeah, 70 yards and a touchdown. Um, I wonder what, like, I, I, I think maybe he, I know he's not the same role, but I think maybe he takes over for John Brown. Uh as a cap casualty, smoky, yeah, he's been he's still good, but I'm just saying it. cap casualty maybe, because um, he he's clearly been way better than a than the, the a fourth receiver for a team. Yeah, they they're the the speed in which they turned over yes. how bad the receiver core was two years ago to this is impressive. Yes, very much, and I mean they went out and obviously they paid Cole and they paid Smokey. <laughs> And, and then traded their first round pick for Diggs, but gave Davis for sure the most pleasant surprise of them all. Okay, best UDFA rookie I mentioned earlier with Jeremy Chin out. The guy replaced him, Sam Franklin. Now, mm-hmm. do I think he was amazing? No, but when you come in as an undrafted rookie, and he he had a uh, seven tackles, a sack, uh, a TFL, uh, and blitz again, and got a quarterback hit. He, he was getting after Mahomes a little bit. And he was playing really hard. And he was really good around the line of scrimmage. In coverage, he was beat a couple times. But, again, that's he's like a linebacker safety hybrid. Uh, undrafted at a temple. He's temple tough. Temple tough. <laughs> he, he, just, he looks like a guy who's just seeing him come in as a backup and, and play that hard and be that physical. This dude's a special teams linebacker <laughs> for days. Hey, I'll give you one guess who my best EDFA rookie is. One guess. James Robinson. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> Cop out. Hey, no, hold on. I, I, it was my game. It's no, yeah, I know. Sneaking he over he was actually good. Yeah, let me talk about it. Oh, you, not, go ahead, yeah. You love the Jags. I, I love James Robinson. He had 99 yards, touchdown, uh, 25 carries. that They leaned on him a bit with Luden, but uh, Luden was still pretty good, as I mentioned. But, I mean, man, I think his vision is just so awesome right now. It's like... There's no holes there most of the game, but he keeps just feeling it and making something out of nothing and and getting small in the holes and sneaking through and being patient. It, it, it's I, just, can I just, sorry, can I interrupt? Yeah. How fucking stupid does it look for the Colts and the Packers <laughs> that they took Jonathan Taylor and A.J. Dillon and this guy's doing this and this guy's, this James Robinson, this undrafted James Robinson. Has he been the best rookie running a, back? Yes. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And, uh, like, he's been the most consistent by far, too. Yes, for sure. But it's, don't draft running backs in the first 75 picks. That's my new take. Next week it'll be 95, and then it'll be 120. Well, so, soon enough, yeah, it'll be uh, just take undrafted <laughs> guys like James Robinson. Works every time. Yeah, Philip uh, Lindsay works every time. And just, hey, draft guys, I, I don't know, because, like, so often for running backs, I think we're, we're noticing that, these big traits, like, you know, the, oh, he's 6'1", 225, and he runs a 4'4". Uh, it's, it's, hey, look at Leonard Fournette. Didn't work out. Like, there's a lot of these guys that aren't working out. 
And uh, a lot of these guys are going way higher than they should. And, like, like Saquon Barkley is obviously great, but if the Giants could have those picks back, they probably would change it. Um, Dave Gettleman would not change that. I know, know that. I was about to say that, but if if the Mars, if Rooney could change the pick, she would. Um, yes, yeah, Kate. Would. Kate, I don't know. Um, yeah, <laughs> going back to Robinson, just he just got such a good feel, man. Just such a good feel for the game, uh, the movement between the tackles, and like I said, getting small and and a lot of yards after contact. He's not going down on first contact. He, he's he's always falling forward. He's not the biggest guy. I love James Robinson. I'm pissed I don't have him in fantasy, but but I love him. Um, hey, another reason to trust undrafted running backs, they play with more of a chip on their shoulder. Uh, that's, that's another take. That's a good point. I like that take. Thanks. Uh, a couple of rookies who flashed. You already mentioned the Trout Man. Um, we touched on Denzel Mims a little bit. Yeah, M- Mims and Davis are my, my two big ones. Yeah, Michael Pittman uh, looked pretty good when he was involved. I... I I have high hopes for him. Um, yeah, and you you know who I don't I don't understand this AJ. I don't know what the heck is with the Chiefs and Willie Gay. Because okay, he, first of all, he had two TFLs called back from penalties that were not like on him. Okay, and and he only played he played so he played I think he played eighteen snaps only. He had. These two TFLs that aren't in the box score because, again, they were called back because of whatever that had nothing to do with him. And he, he had another half TFL. He was fucking flying. He, he I think he, he on a blitz, he just ran through the running back. Um, I love Willie Gay. He just plays so hard. And, like, maybe it's just because he doesn't know the whole defense yet or something that they're playing Hitchens and Damian Wilson so much. But Willie Gay is way better than both of them, and he when he, he's on the field, he looks good. Hey, I bet you if, if Willie Gay was an undrafted rookie that came in and looked good in camp, he'd be playing more. <laughs> They'd be Retweet. more pleasantly surprised with him. Um, hey, I'll give you two UDFAs, because we're starting to get deep in the season. We've seen a lot of performances from a lot of rookies. So I'm going to be real deep with these two. Uh, <laughs> first one, the, the better performance, Tier Tart, a UDFA from FIU for the Titans. Uh, it was his first game. He didn't pop into the stat sheet, but uh, he was getting into the backfield a decent amount. He was going up against Arlington Hambright, so he got a couple wins there. Uh, had a hit on Foles. Put a nice swim move on a Fetty to blow up a fourth down attempt. Kind of, kind of, a little, little bit of nice here. He played more than Murchison did this week. Promising start. Um, not as good, but not bad either. How about Jace Whitaker? Remember him? <laughs> The UDFA Wildcat turned Cardinal. He played 43 snaps because all the Cardinals' corners are hurt. Uh, And against Tua, he only gave up two catches. One was the Hollins touchdown. But that's a a really bad matchup. He was there. Hollins is, what, five inches on Whitaker? Yeah. So so that's not that bad. So two two UDFAs that came in, I think Tart was more impressive. But uh, didn't look bad. And really random guys. So I think that's positive. Can Can I ask you a quick question? Please. Is Isaiah Wilson a bust for the Titans already? I guess, yeah. How bad did he look? I've I've heard bad things. I haven't got to the game yet. Uh, just yeah, I don't know. Like he didn't didn't show up at all. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I don't I can't. I, I mean, the circumstances are all fucked too, right? But I mean, we thought it was a bad pick when it happened. Yeah, he looked terrible last week. He was in the game, so I was just wondering. Yeah. Um, okay, who's your out of nowhere, Rook? 
I just gave you mine. Oh, I thought those were rookies who flashed. No, those are my out of nowhere guys. Okay, my my uh, uh, my out of nowhere guy is also an undrafted rookie, Austin Mack from Ohio State. Yeah, he had a f- four for seventy two against Washington football team. He was like Daniel Jones' go to receiver. <laughs> he had what looked like a touchdown that ended up getting uh, reviewed and not counting, but he he his I think he had a fifty yard catch on mm-hmm. a an an out and up where he just flew and. He's a bit of a height-weight speed guy, and Ohio State had a lot of miles to feed yeah. last year. Uh, Austin Mack's going to stick around on this team. Yeah. Uh, that I mean, for real, out of nowhere, and a, like a big-time performance. It was funny watching him in the early 1 o'clock, and he's just like, like, first of all, I didn't even know Austin Mack was on the Giants, and he's making all these plays. It's pretty cool. Um, Who's your start the rook? I, uh, I alluded to it earlier. I'm going to the Dallas defense. One of my favorite guys, Reggie Robinson. Because uh, hey. that, that secondary has been one of the worst units in the league. I don't know. Year. Have you seen Trevon Diggs' numbers? Yeah, they're sick. Uh, and speaking of, Diggs is hurt. It keeps getting thinner yep. every week. Uh, get Reggie Robinson on the field, just like Neville Gallimore. Hey, hey they got him on. He looked good. Play got it. I agree. You got to see what you got in Reggie Robinson. And, like, that secondary shit, you took him in the fourth round. It's not Whoa. like he was a seventh-round guy. And, and hey, added versatility, too, because I think they want him at safety, but we know he can play corner. La- one last yes. thing, Stephen Parker got 15 snaps against the Steelers. Who, who's Stephen Parker? Play Reggie Robinson. Wrong. Stephen Parker was sick. He looked good. That's why the Steelers <laughs> sucked. Um, my start the rook kind of is a starter, but kind of not. It, we don't normally go the whole episode without talking about Andrew Thomas and the Giants offensive line. Um, okay, so... You I, had to make it I didn't even mention... Ch- Chase Young played really well uh, yeah. against the Giants and was battling double and triple teams all game. Um, but every other series, Matt Pert and Andrew Thomas would rotate at left tackle, oh which I I can't imagine that's good for your fourth overall pick psyche no but it, it's good for, for him cam, finding a rhythm it's good for cam fleming's morale and that's what's most exactly important. so my, my point is to start matt perdit right tackle because yes. like andrew thomas wasn't horrendous or anything in this game like if you like didn't know it was him <laughs> like you wouldn't even mention like if you if you if he was like a third round pick whatever that's, you'd be like that was okay that's back-to-back promising weeks right yeah yeah, and, and like Pert, same thing. Like I honestly, it was hard. <laughs> I'd have to like pause between every every series to figure out who's that left tackle because the, the like they they played about the same level. And Fleming's terrible. Start Matt Pert at right tackle. Start Andrew yep. Thomas at left tackle. Let them both play every series. Yep. Figure out what's going on with this offensive line. And yeah, that's that's all I've got for you. We love Matt Pert. Um, Joe Judge wants c- competition though, baby. That's what he's all about. Uh, oh, Joe Judge. Fire him into the moon. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.